Chapter Two of Five Little Peppers Abroad. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ellie. Five Little Peppers Abroad by Margaret Sidney. Chapter Two. Two English Friends. I don't want you," muttered the old gentleman feebly, turning his head away from Tom, and then he set his lips tightly together. But he held to Polly's hand. You would better go out. Dr. Jones nodded to Tom. It excites him. The second time Tom was told to go. He stood quite still. He's my grandfather, he blurted out. Can't help it, said Dr. Jones curtly. He's my patient. So I tell you again, it is imperative that you leave this room. Then he turned back to his work of making the sick man comfortable without taking any more notice of the boy. Tom gave a good long look at as much of his grandfather's face as he could see. Then he slunk out in a dazed condition, trying to make himself as small as possible. Jasper found him a half hour afterward, hanging over the rail away from curious eyes, his head buried in his arms. I thought you'd like to know that your grandfather is better, said Jasper, touching the bent shoulder. Get away, will you? called Tom, kicking out his leg, unmindful words struck. And the doctor has gotten him into his stateroom, and he's as comfortable as he could be made. Jasper didn't add that Dr. Jones had asked him to come back, and that the old man was still insisting that Polly should hold his hand. In that case, declared Tom, suddenly twitching up his head, I will go down there. His face was so drawn that Jasper started, and then looked away over the sea, and did not appear to notice the clenched hand down by the boy's side. I, I, didn't know he was sick, Tom brought out in gusts, and his face worked worse than ever in his efforts not to show his distress. The only thing he could do was to double up his hand tighter than ever, as he tried to keep it back of him. I understand, nodded Jasper, still looking off over the blue water. And now I'll go down, said Tom, drawing a long breath and starting off. Oh, and Dr. Jones had said the last thing to Jasper as he rushed off with the good news to Tom. On no account let that boy see his grandfather. I won't answer for the consequences if you do. See here, Jasper tore his gaze off from the shimmering water. The doctor doesn't, doesn't think you ought to see your grandfather now. Hey, cried Tom, his drawn lips flying open and his big blue eyes distending with anger. He's my grandfather. I rather think I shall do as I have a mind to and he plunged off. Tom! Jasper took long steps after him. Beg your pardon. This is no time for thinking of anything but your grandfather's life. Dr. Jones said that you were not to see him at present. The truth must be told, for in another moment the boy would have been off on the wings of the wind. And do you think that I will mind in the least what the beastly doctor says? cried Tom, getting redder and redder in the face. His rage was so great. Ho! Oh, no, sir. Then your grandfather's life will be paid as a sacrifice, said Jasper calmly and he stood quite still, and surveyed the boy before him. Neither spoke. It seemed to Jasper an age that they stood there in silence. At last Tom wavered, put out his hands unsteadily, leaned against the steamer chair, and turned his face away. Let us do a bit of a turn on the deck, said Jasper suddenly, overcoming by a mighty effort his repugnance of the idea. Tom shook his head and swallowed hard. Oh, yes, said Jasper, summoning all the cheerfulness he could muster to his aid. Come, it's the very thing to do, if you really want to help your grandfather. Tom raised his head and looked at him. I never supposed the old man was sick, he said brokenly, and down went his head again, this time upon his hands, which were grasping the top of the chair. I don't believe you did, answered Jasper, but come, Tom, let's walk around the deck. We can talk just as well meanwhile. Two or three young men with cigarettes in their mouths came sauntering up. Tom Selwyn, you are a pretty fellow. Tom raised his head and looked at them defiantly. To give us a slip like this, cried one with a sneer, in which the others joined, with a curious look at Jasper. Well, come on now, said one. Yes, yes, come along, said the other. We've waited long enough for you to get back. 
I'm not coming, declared Tom shortly. Not coming back? Well, one of the young men said something under his breath, and the first speaker turned on his heel, tossing his cigarette over the railing. No, said Tom, I'm not coming. Did you hear me? I believe I had the pleasure, said the last named, as I'm not deaf. Come on, fellows. Our little boy has to go to wait on his granddaddy. Goodbye, kid. He snapped his fingers. The other two laughed derisively and sauntered off down the deck as they came. Tom shook with passion. I'd like to walk, he said, drawing a long breath and setting off unsteadily. All right, said Jasper, falling into step beside him. Meanwhile, the old gentleman in his large handsome stateroom showed no sign of returning to consciousness that had come back for a brief moment. He had held to Polly's hand so tightly, as she sat on the head of the berth, that there was no chance of withdrawing her fingers had she so desired. And Father Fisher, with whom Dr. Jones had of course made acquaintance, before the steamer fairly sailed, sat there keeping watch too, in a professional way, the ship's doctor having called him in consultation over the case. And Phronsie, who had been in deep penitence because she had wandered off from the library with another little girl to gaze over the railing upon the steerage children below, thereby missing Polly, was in such woe over it all that she was allowed to cuddle up against Polly's side and hold her other hand. And there she sat as still as a mouse, hardly daring to breathe. And Mr. King, feeling as if, after all, the case was pretty much under his supervision, came softly in at intervals to see that all was well and that the dreadful boy was kept out and the passengers all drifted back to their steamer chairs, glad of some new topic to discuss, for the gossip they had brought on board was threadbare now, as they were two days at sea, and the steamer sailed over the blue water that softly lapped the stout vessel's side, careless of the battle that had been waged for a life, even then holding by slender threads. And Fanny Vanderburg, whose grandfather was a contemporary in the old business days in New York with Mr. King, who sat with her mother at the next table to the king party, spent most of her time running to Mrs. Pepper's stateroom, or interviewing anyone who would be able to give her the slightest encouragement as to when she claimed Polly Pepper. Oh, dear me, Fanny cried, on one such occasion, when she happened to run across Jasper. I've been down to number 45 four times this morning, and there's nobody there but the stupid Matilda, and she doesn't know or won't tell when Polly will get through reading to the tiresome old man, and they won't let me go to his stateroom. Mrs. Fisher and your father are there too, or I'd get them to make Polly come out on deck. We all want her for a game of shuffleboard. Jasper sighed. So did he long for a game of shuffleboard. Then he brought himself up and said as brightly as he could, Mr. Selwyn begs Polly to stay, and won't have anyone else read to him, Miss Vanderburg. So I don't see as it can be helped. He's been very sick, you know. Fanny Vanderburg beat the toe of a boot on the deck floor. It's a perfect shame, and that horrible old man. He's so seedy and common. Just think of it, and spoiling all our fun. Jasper looked off over the sea and said nothing. As for that dreadful boy, his grandson, I think he's a boor. Goodness me, I hope nobody will introduce him. I'm sure I will never recognize him afterward. Jasper turned uneasily. Please, Mr. King, do make Polly listen to reason, begged Fanny. There isn't another girl on board I care to go with, at least not in the way I would with her. The Griswolds are well enough to play games with and all that, but you know what I mean. Do make her come out with us this morning and listen to reason, she repeated, winding up helplessly. But I think she is just right, said Jasper stoutly. Right? cried Fanny explosively. Oh, how can you say so, Mr. Jasper? Why, she is losing just every bit of the fun. I know it, said Jasper with a twinge at the thought. Well, there is nothing more to be said or done, Miss Vanderburg, since Polly has decided the matter. Only I want you to remember that I think she is just right about it. Fanny Vanderburg pouted her pretty lips in vexation. At least don't try to get the dreadful boy into our own set to play games, she cried venomously, for I won't speak to him. He's a perfect bore. 
"'Twas only yesterday he brushed by me like a clumsy elephant, "'and knocked my book out of my hand, and never even picked it up. "'Think of that, Mr. King.' "'I know. That was dreadful,' assented Jasper, "'in dismay at the obstacle to the plan he had formed in his own mind, "'to do that very thing he was now being warned against. "'But you see, Miss Vanderberg, he is all upset by his grandfather's sickness.' "'And I should think he would be,' cried Fanny Vanderberg with spirit. "'Mrs. Griswold says she has heard him domineering over the old man, "'and then his grandfather would snarl and scold him like everything, "'and she has the next state-room, you know.' "'I don't know how those servants can afford such a nice cabin,' "'continued Fanny, her aristocratic nose in the air. "'They look so poor. "'Anyway, that boy is a perfect beast, Mr. King.' "'He is very different now,' said Jasper quickly. "'He had no idea his grandfather was so poorly. "'Now I'll tell you, Miss Vanderberg.' Jasper turned sharply around on his heel so that he faced her. It was necessary with a girl like her to state plainly what he had to say, and to keep to it. I am going to ask Tom Selwyn to play games with all of us young people. If it distresses you or anyone else, so that you cannot join, of course, I will withdraw, and I know Polly will, and we will get up another circle that will play with him. It was almost impossible to keep from laughing at Fanny's face, but Jasper was very grave as he waited for an answer. Oh, dear me, Mr. Jasper, she cried. "'Haven't I told you I don't really care for anyone on board but Polly Pepper, "'and Mamma doesn't want me to mix up much with those Griswolds?' "'She lowered her voice and glanced over her shoulder. "'It would make it so awkward if they should be much in New York, "'and we should meet them, so of course I've got to do as Polly and you do. "'Don't you see? It's awfully hard on me, though.' "'And she clasped her hands in vexation. "'Very well, then,' said Jasper. "'Now that's decided, and seeing it is, "'why the next thing to do is to bring Tom down, "'and we'll get up a good game of shuffleboard at once.' He is not needed by his grandfather now. He didn't think it necessary to add, for the old gentleman won't see him, and Tom is forbidden the room by the doctor. Fanny's aristocratic nose went up in alarm, and her whole face was overspread with dismay. It was one thing to anticipate evil, and quite another to find it precipitated upon one. I, I don't, believe I can play this afternoon, Mr. Jasper, she began hurriedly, for the first time in her young life, finding herself acutely embarrassed. She was even twisting her fingers. Very well said jasper coolly then i understand that you will not play with us at any time for as we begin to-day we shall keep on i will set about getting up another party at once he touched his yacht cap lightly and turned off i'll go right down on the lower deck with you now fanny ran after him her little boot heels clicking excitedly on the hard floor the steward has marked it all of us i got him too while i ran to find polly so as to engage the place she added breathlessly that's fine said jasper a smile breaking over the gloom of his face now we'll have a prime game, Miss Vanderberg. Fanny swallowed hard the lamp in her throat and tried to look pleasant. Do you go and collect the Griswolds? cried Jasper radiantly, and I'll be back with Tom, and he plunged off. It was all done in a minute, and the thing that had been worrying him, how to get Tom into good shape and to keep him there, seemed fixed in the best way possible. But Tom wouldn't go. Nothing that Jasper could do or say would move him out of the gloom into which he was cast and at last Jasper ran down for a hurried game with the party awaiting him, to whom he explained matters in the best way he could. At last old Mr. Selwyn was able to emerge from his state-room. Mr. King and he were the best friends by this time, and the former always, and Polly read aloud, being one of the listeners. At all such hours, indeed, and whenever Polly went to sit by the invalid, Phronsie would curl up at Polly's side and fondle the doll that Grandpapa gave her last, which had the honor to take the Europe trip with the family. Phronsie would smooth the little dress down carefully, and then, with her hand in Polly's, she would sit motionless till the reading was over. Mamsie, whose fingers could not be idle, although the big mending basket was left at home, would be over on the sofa sewing busily, and little Dr. Fisher would run in and out, thought next to Papa Fisher was the very nicest doctor in the world, would appear suddenly around the curtain and smile approval through his white teeth, 
At last, on the fifth day out, the old man was helped up to the sun himself in his steamer chair on deck, and then he had a perfect coterie around him, ooing and eyeing over his illness, and expressing sympathy in every shape, for since Mr. King and his party took him up, it was quite the thing for all the other passengers to follow suit. When a few hours of this sort of thing had been going on, the old man called abruptly to Polly Pepper, who had left him, seeing he had such good company about him, and had now skipped up with Jasper to toss him a merry word, or to see if his steamer rug was all tucked and snugly around him. See here, Polly Pepper, do you play chess? What, sir? Polly thought she had not heard correctly. Do you play chess, I say? demanded old Mr. Selwyn, bringing his sharp little eyes to be on her. No, sir, that is, only a little, stammered Polly. Well, that will do for a start. The old gentleman nodded in satisfaction, and I'll give you some pointers later about the game. Well, and you play backgammon, of course. He didn't wait for her answer, but finished. These people here drive me almost crazy, asking me how I feel, and what was the matter with me, and all that rubbish. Now I'm going into the library, and you shall go too, and we'll have a game of backgammon. He flung back his steamer rug with a determined hand. Jasper began, Oh, Polly, in dismay, but she broke in. Yes, indeed, I do play backgammon, Mr. Selwyn, and it will be a fine game and together they helped him up and into a cosy corner of the library. There now, said Polly, with a final pat on the sofa pillows tucked up at his back. I believe you are as comfortable as you can be, Mr. Selwyn. Indeed I am, he declared. Now, Jasper, do get the backgammon board, cried Polly. There it is over there, spying it on the further table. Old Mr. Selwyn cast a hungry glance on it as it was brought forward, and his sharp little eyes sparkled as Polly threw it open. He even chuckled in delight as he said the man, Tom Selwyn came up to the door, and standing in the shadow looked in. Jasper flung himself down on the sofa by the old gentleman's side to watch the game. Suddenly he glanced up, caught sight of Tom. Altogether the latter's head was quickly withdrawn, and jumping up he dashed after him. Here, see here, Tom, he called after the big figure before him, making good time down the stairs. I can't go chasing you all over the boat in this fashion. Stop, will you? What do you want? demanded Tom crossly, feeling it impossible to elude such a pursuer, and backing up against a convenient angle. I want you to come down into the library and watch the game. Do. It will be the best time. He didn't say to make it all up. Can't, said Tom. He won't see me. Oh, yes, he will. I almost know he will, declared Jasper eagerly, feeling this minute as if the most unheard of things were possible. And beside, your sister. I mean the Pepper girl. Miss Pepper. Tom corrected himself clumsily. She can't bear me. I won't come. Oh, yes, she can now, said Jasper just as eagerly, especially since I've told her all you have told me. Well, I hate girls anyway, declared Tom in the most savage fashion. Always I've hated them, and always I shall. I won't come. End of chapter 2 Recording by Ellie December 2009